looking at three lessons that help us understand the importance of choosing to go deeper in life. This message is the first in the series, I Will Go Deeper. The message is entitled, The Down That Takes You Up. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Jesus made it very clear that He has a plan for your life and my life. He has an agenda for you, and that plan is described so succinctly and clearly. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. One translation says that I've come that you might have life more abundantly. God's plan for your life is a more life. God wants you to experience a full, abundant life. He's a good God, and He has good things planned for you. And this whole experience of walking with God into a deeper, if you will, more fulfilling life involves really putting Him at the center of your life. There's no way that you and I can have all that God has for us unless He's at the center of our life. And putting God at the center of your life is, is both a, a, a decision that you make and an event that happens in your life that I'll describe in a moment, as well as a process that you follow God with. The event is when you invite Jesus Christ into your life. At that moment when you say, Jesus, I'm ready to stop living for myself and I want to live for you and I invite you to come into my heart and be Lord and Savior of my life. There in that moment is a beginning journey with Jesus. It's called salvation or being born again. If you've not experienced that in your life, by the end of today's message, I'm going to provide an opportunity for you to open your life to Jesus Christ to start your journey with him. But that word journey is very important because it is a journey. We don't start out fully grown and fully mature in our spiritual walk. We have to process things over time. We learn and we grow over time. And part of that growing process involves making very important decisions. And one of those decisions, as we've talked about for the last seven weeks or so together, I will not settle for less. That is, we're making a decision that we're not going to live a less than life, but we're going for more. And then now we're going to talk about the importance of moving deeper. What does this mean in life? I want to share with you three lessons this weekend about this beginning process of making the choice to go deeper. The first one is a simple statement, but it's so profound in Scripture. And the Bible teaches us that actually the way up is down. The way up is down. It doesn't just work from a biblical standpoint. We'll see that in just a moment. But in practically every realm of life, success, successfully rising upward starts with, first of all, going downward, going deeper. There's a principle in life that we often refer to as often referred to as the law of depth. The law of depth really indicates that for something to go high, it must first of all go low. It's true in agriculture. If you're going to have a plant that grows up, you put a seed and you dig down and place it in the ground so it goes down before it comes up. It's true in construction. If you're going to build a tall a skyscraper, any kind of building that's built, there, there has to be a foundation. And so there's always the digging of the footers and the laying of the foundation for the superstructure to be able to rise. And it's true, and the, the, the higher you go, the deeper you have to establish things. And there's a true in relationships as well. And the relationships of your life, that if your relationships are going to be fulfilling, there has to be depths of commitment and depths of loyalty and depths of connectedness that must develop over a period of time if the relationship is going to go strong or go high, if you will, and provide for you the greatest fulfillment of life. Every realm of life, practically, you'll see that there's this law of depth. You have to go down before you come up. 
Now, when you study the scripture, God is very clear about us going down before we come up. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, is a very familiar verse perhaps to some of you, and one that I want to draw your attention back to this weekend, and notice what it says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Your heart is the deepest part of your life, isn't it? You don't get any deeper than your heart. When you say to someone, I love you with all my heart, you're saying, I love you with the deepest part of my being. So the Bible says that we are to guard our heart, that is guard the deepest part of our being because everything we do flows out of that. If you're going to go up, you have to pay attention to what's happening down in the heart. Luke chapter 6, verses 44 and 45, listen to what Jesus said here. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up where? In his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So again, Jesus says, in echoing the principle of Proverbs 4.23, that what's going on in here is going to affect everything that you do, including the words that you speak. John 12, verse 24. Very truly, again, these are words of Jesus. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it goes into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. You think about a little corn kernel. If you place a corn kernel in the ground, it's a good seed that goes in the soil. Then eventually when it goes in, there is a germination process where that's, that little uh, kernel of corn dies away and the husk begins to be removed from the outside elements of it and the life that is within it begins to spring forth and a plant comes up and out of that plant eventually a stalk and on that stalk many, many ears of corn, on every ear of corn, many kernels of corn and out of that one little seed that dies in the ground that goes down, there's something powerful that comes comes up. Matthew 23 verse 12, again looking at this principle of what you have to go down before you come up. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Peter uh, speaks of this as well in 1 Peter 5 verse 6. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Humble yourself, that is, go down in humility so God can lift you up in exaltation. There are many people that try to lift themselves up by not going down. The greatest thing that you and I can learn in life is that the way up is where? Down. You go down to come up. Shallowness, in fact, the Bible teaches us is a very dangerous thing. If you don't have depth in your life, you're going to be in trouble at some point. Jesus gave us this parable in Matthew chapter 7. Listen to these words. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came and the storms rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation. That's a key word. You may want to circle it on your notes. It had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the storms, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. What I want you to see here, and I believe what Jesus wanted us to see here, these two different men, they built their house differently. They took a different approach to building. One man took the quick approach. 
Well, I'm just going to build my house as quickly as I can. Not going to do any of the deep work. And so here's the sand. We'll just get it going. We'll get it done. Wonderful. The other guy says, no, you know what? We're going to blast down to the bedrock. We're going to establish a house, a good foundation there. And we're going to build the house upon it. So he put the work in. He did the deep stuff necessary for there to be a foundation. Now, what's important to grasp here is that the rain came down. And the, storm, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against both of the houses. What you must understand in life, everybody faces storms. Everybody faces them. There's no way that you're going to escape this world without having some storms along the way. And so the guy with a good foundation had storms, and the guy with a bad foundation or no foundation had storms as well. Everybody faces storms. So this is why this issue of going deep is so important in your life, because only the man who built, built with depth survived the storm. And I watch it all the time. I watch people who never put in good roots in their spiritual life, good foundations. And because they don't do this, they end up, when the storms come their way, being shaken and driven away sometimes even from God and their relationship with Him. And they, they lose that perspective that is so necessary in the storms of life where other people make it through successfully because they have the right foundation. And so if you want a more life, you have to go deep. You have to do the deep work because the way up, first of all, is down. I will go deeper. Number two, creating depth requires effort. The world that we live in, by and large, is a shallow place. It really is. Let's just think about it for a moment. Think about the values of the world, what people consider worthy of their investment, generally very shallow. The morals of our world, what people perceive to be right and wrong, very shallow. Very few people even think very much about what is right and what is wrong. In fact, there's this thing in our culture today called situational ethics or moral relativity that you can sort of choose what is right and wrong yourself. No depth goes into the study of morality or ethics, those kinds of things, shallow relationships. People oftentimes do not have the kind of commitment and loyalty that take them through the test of time in their relationship. Shallow thinking, shallow commitments, shallow relationship with God. Because what we see in our world around us is this, let's do this quick, let's have the best life we can as quickly as we can, let's not worry about the depths. Now, in Philippians chapter 3, we find out that this issue of shallowness in the culture is not new to us. Do you know that this existed since mankind has existed? Because the problem with shallowness is not just a problem for us in our, our contemporary day. It has to do with issues in our lives, in the heart. Notice how Paul described this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 20. He's laying this foundation, this understanding of the, the culture around uh, the people that were trying to follow God. He said, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you have us as a model. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live, note that phrase, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Read that next phrase with me. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, let me tell you what the culture around us is like. And by the way, this was over 2,000 years ago. It was a long time ago. 
that Paul writes these words and says, let me tell you about the culture. Most of the people I look at, Paul says, many of them live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their, their stomach is what drives them. He was talking about the appetites of it. Not so much for food, but just what they wanted to satiate themselves with. And their minds were set on earthly things, Paul says. And it very accurately describes the world in which we live today. Most people are not thinking about heavenly things. Most people are thinking about how can I get more of the earthly things? How can I be happy right now? How can I have a quick, happy life? And Paul says that's the way it is in the culture that doesn't acknowledge Jesus as Lord of their life. And the reason is because shallowness is easy. Say that with me. Shallowness is easy. You don't have to do a single thing to be shallow. You already are. Okay, You have to do no work at all to be shallow. No effort is involved in being shallow. Anybody can be shallow. But effort is required if you're going to have depth. You've got to dig down. You've got to put some work in. Think about that man that dug down to the bedrock to build his house on solid rock. He had to do the work. You have to do some thinking, you have to do some reflecting, you have to do some praying, you have to do some studying, you have to address issues in your life, you have to, you have to begin to blast away at stuff and press away at things. You've got to put some effort into the process if you're going to go deep. So depth requires effort and over the next several weeks I'm going to talk to you about some of the areas of your life where you need to get deeper. Because I want, more than importantly, God wants you to survive the storms of life. Amen? Okay? How many of you want to make it through the storms? Okay? You're going to have storms. Everybody will. You've already had some in your life. You're going to have some more coming your way. So you want to make it successfully through those storms. And so if we're going to have the more life, we have to say, you know, I'm not going to live like the world around. Everybody's kind of shallow and it's easy to be shallow. It's easy to have shallow values and shallow morals and just kind of go along with the flow of the world. But I'm going to be different. I am not going to settle for less. I want more. And then in that more, I will go what? deeper. I'm making the choice. So we're going to talk about some of those, those work areas. And that's why I want you to be with me through this entire process as we talk about going deeper. Because if you will lay these foundations in your life, I promise you, you will successfully traverse the storms that will come your way. And that leads me to my third point this evening. A deeper life is always a better life. A deeper life is always a better life. Let me ask you, what's a better relationship, a shallow one or a deeper one? A deeper one, right? Okay. What's a better relationship with God, a shallow relationship with Him or a deeper relationship? Of course, what, is, what, is, what makes a, a marriage more successful, a shallow commitment or a deeper commitment? So you begin to think about it. It's just very common sense, but we don't really work our way through this at times. And so if you're going to have a better life or a more life, you have to say, to be better, I have to go deeper. Jesus described the dangers of the shallow life and the potential of a deep life in Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. And I'm giving you a lot of scripture this weekend, but this is sort of setting the course for this next series together. So I hope that these scriptures will be things that you'll go back and reflect upon. But listen to a, a parable that Jesus gave. Jesus, many times during his teaching, would give a story. And the story was an illustration called a parable. And the word parable means something that lies alongside a principle. It's a story that comes along to illustrate a truth. 
And here's the story. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and, and sat in it out on the lake while the people were along the shore at the water's edge. So you got the picture. There's a big crowd. Jesus can't speak to everyone from the shore, so he gets out in the boat, pushes out, and begins to teach. So he's got all these folks listening to him. And here's, here's what he said. He taught them many things by parables, and in this teaching, his teaching said, listen, let's pay attention. Perk your ears up. Pay, pay close attention to what I'm about to say. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And everybody can picture that, right? Farmer going out sowing seed. Back in those days, they would broadcast the seed by hand or they had a, just simple processes for planting seed. And so here's this farmer going out to sow seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. Circle path on your notes here. We're going to come back and talk about these. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was, circle that word, so the phrase soil was shallow. So you have the path and you have the shallow soil, right? But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. There was nothing deep there. Other seed fell among thorns. You may want to circle that phrase. There's a third category that Jesus describes, among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. So this is a situation where uh, this, the, there's not a cultivation of the soil, so the deep roots can go deeply and there's not a, a removal of things that are detrimental to the plant. Still other seed fell on good soil. Circle that one. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And Jesus says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. What was Jesus saying there? He says, you know, if you, if, you need to understand this. Pay close attention. Let the Spirit of God speak to you about this parable. So I, I think it's worthy of our time for a couple of moments to really dive into this parable. Would you agree? He said, if you have ears to hear, you better hear this. This is an important lesson for you. Better pay attention to what I'm trying to teach you. The farmer goes out and sows seed, and the first kind of seed he sowed fell on the path. What was that? The path was the hard-walked places. There was no cultivation of the soil, no plowing there, and so the soil lands on the surface. Okay, There's no depth at all. lands on the surface. And as soon as the farmer walks by, past where he has planted that soil or dropped that soil, broadcast that soil, what do the birds do? They have lunch, okay? They're enjoying what the farm is. Basically, he's feeding the birds because there's no re receptivity of the soil. See, this parable is not about the seed. It's about the soil, okay? And the soil represents your, what's the deepest place of your life again? Your heart, okay? He said there was a second type of environment that the, 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 plant, the, the farmer planted in. He was going by and he planted some, soil, some seed on soil that was shallow. And something interesting happened is this planting of seed on the shallow soil, it, it, went, it sprang up quickly because you know, it, it was able to be uh, heated up quickly by the sun because it's shallow, it's not down there very deeply, and so it comes up very, very quickly. But when, things, when the sun comes out and begins to bake away in the drier seasons, okay, so the, the reeds are not deep and drawing from the moisture that, that, that you would find deeper in the soil, then what happens, it withers away. And so shallowness results in 
withering. So hardness results in stealing. If you have a hard heart, the devil will steal every good thing away from you. Okay, You with me here? Your heart's hard. The devil just comes along. Every time you hear a message, he just plucks it away. Every time you read a, Bible, a verse in the Bible, he plucks it away because there's nothing, to, there's nothing of depth there. No, no, no opportunity for it to grow. The shallow, there's a springing up and it all looks good for a period of time. But after a while, when the drought season comes, when the hard summer comes in, because there's no depth there, it withers up, it dies. And there's a third category where the, the seed is planted among the thorns and there's no cultivation of the soil so that what is, what is not given an opportunity to develop a root system, it's robbed. There's a parasite, if you will, that drains it and chokes it out so it doesn't produce. But then there's the good soil that produces 30, 60, and 100. What made it produce? It produced because it was planted in good soil. What is good soil? Good soil has been tilled. It's been cultivated. There's an opportunity for death. Now, what I want you to see today is this. There are both benefits and blessings for going deep, and there are dangers for being shallow. Okay? Blessings for going deep, dangers for being shallow. See, when you are shallow, you lack depth, it can be very destructive. Recently, my wife and I were out. One of my hobbies is photography, and so we went out to a place to just do a little uh, walking around in the woods a bit, take some pictures, all the fall leaves and so forth coming out. And so uh, as we were walking through the woods, I noticed something that just really got, got my attention. I have a picture of it here. Let's pop it on the screen if we can. Can you guys see what that is? Okay. That's a big tree trunk. Can you, everybody make that out? Okay. What that is, is it's actually that whole area where I took that picture is, is, is uh, right underneath the soil is massive rock. It's just a massive rock area. And so you'll see how the root system of that tree spread out wide. You see it? Okay. See the width of those, those roots that are going out? And that tree grew up successfully for a while, right? I mean, it's, it's a fairly large tree. Would you agree? Okay. And everything, if you'd walked by a particular time in that tree's life, you'd say, hey, that's a great tree. That's awesome. Man, look at that tree. It's doing well until one day some winds came through. Or something happened, maybe some rain and winds. And because of the excessive rain or wind, whatever may have happened, I don't know the story of the tree. But what I do know is that all it had were the wide roots. It had no deep roots as you look closely at it because there was rock underneath. And all it took was a matter of time before the storm did that to it. I want to ask you, if we could take a look at your life spiritually right now, would it look like that? You kind of like have some roots, but they're all like out and shallow. They're not very deep, and it's just a matter of time before something comes along in your life and blows hard, and hard, hard enough or maybe some rain that pelts you significantly enough that, that that kind of thing begins to happen in your spiritual journey. See, God's plan for your life is not that. Your, God's plan for your life is you would be planted in the house of God and flourish in the courts of God, that your life would not simply be an accident on the way to happening. Amen? So Jesus said, pay attention to this. You need to have depth. The depth is important. Pay attention to it. Now, I want to give you six benefits of 
of depth in your life. We're just about done, so I want you to help me as we turn this corner to pay close attention. Six things that happen in your life when you say, I will go deeper. Number one, it establishes you. When you begin to get deeper in the things of God and deeper in the things we'll talk about over the next several weeks, you begin to get firm and stable on the inside. It's a stabilization establishment that happens. It sustains you. When there's depth in your life, you can face the droughts of life. Why? Because you're drawing from sources that others can't draw from because there's a root system that's there to support you and provide relief to you. The third thing it does, read it with me on your notes, it increases your usefulness and productivity. I believe if you're like me, and I think that you are, you want to be used by God, don't you? I don't want to waste my life. I want to, be, I want to have a purpose to my life. I want to be used by God. I want to bear some fruit with my life. Well, depth allows you to do this. It enables you to, to yield significant results with your life. Number four, read with me. It increases your joy and your fulfillment. Fulfillment means to make full. And when you see a tree that has great depth to it and rootedness to it, there's, there's a sense of fulfillment of that tree's full potential. Number five, it increases your longevity. Which tree lasts the longest in the forest? One that has shallow roots or one that has deep? One that has the deep roots. So there's a longevity that comes. And the last one I want to mention here just for a moment, that's that it promises you a positive what? Legacy. What is a legacy? A legacy is something of substance that you pass on to the next generation. Let me tell you something about the generation that is growing up in our world today. I don't have time to give you all the statistics, understanding of the culture around us, but what I want you to understand is that we have a group of, of next-geners coming up in our world today that are desperately looking for somebody to model depth for them. They want to understand the depth of commitment, the depth of community life, the depth of what it means to be a real follower of Jesus Christ. They're not looking for the shallow anymore because they've seen enough of the shallow. They want, to, they want something of substance, something of meaning, something of purpose. In fact, millennials are looking for something that I can give my life to. And I will tell you, there's nothing greater to give your life to than Jesus Christ and His church. But we need to be people that are modeling that to a generation around us. They need us to be their legacy. Amen? Okay. And what I want every person here to understand, whatever your age is, younger, middle age, older, it doesn't matter. Wherever you are in your, your life, you can begin to say, you know what? I want to leave a legacy for the next generation. I want to leave something of substance to those that are coming behind me so that my life can be a model of depth. I want to give up the shallow. I don't want to live in the shallow any longer. I will go deeper. Say it with me. I will go deeper. It's not just a decision to say, I will not settle. But after saying the decision, I will not settle, it means now I must say, I will what? Go deeper. The Apostle Paul prayed a prayer. It's found in Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to conclude today's message with this prayer. And we're going to read it through together once, and then I'm going to do something else with it before we conclude today. But I want you just to listen to these words as I read. Look at your notes or watch it on the screen as I read these for you. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. I pray. Here was Paul's prayer. Paul said, this is what I pray for you guys. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. Where? In your 
inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being, read the next three words with me, rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's people, holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and, what's the next word there? Deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the, what's the word there? Fullness of God. How do you get to the fullness of God? What has he talked about in this passage? He's talked about your inner being. He's talking about you being rooted and established in love. He's talked about the power that comes from that. He's talked about being an aware, having awareness of the depth of the love of God. All these things are the things that lead to fulfillment in your life. So I want today, as we're wrapping up, I want, now that we've read this passage, I want to pray this passage over you. How many of you want to go deeper? Okay, I do. I want to go deeper. Okay. And this is a prayer that's designed by God. It's in His Word. So when we pray the Bible, we're praying the will of God, aren't we? Okay? If you want to know what God's will is for your life, open the book. Okay? Anytime you open the book, there's God's will. And so we know that this is a prayer in the Bible that is clearly the will of God for your life and my life. So when we pray it, we can pray it with confidence that if you're sincere, as we pray this together, if you're sincere about this, God will hear you and God will answer you. God will get you on a journey that will help you to say, you know what, by God's grace, I'm not going to live in the shallows anymore. I'm going to take the journey. I'm going to put the work in. I will go deeper. Why? Because the way up starts with down. So would you just bow your head with me right where you are? And I'm going to pray this prayer over you by simply reading it again. But I want these words to settle in your heart. I want you to accept these words as being words of God for you tonight and God's will for you. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He, God, may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Lord, I pray tonight in the name of Jesus that the words that we've just prayed, the amazing inspired words of the Holy Spirit penned by the Apostle Paul, I pray that these would become realities in each of our lives. Lord, that you would help us to make that decision this evening as we're going into this new series together to say that I, I'm not going to live in the shallows anymore, God. I'm choosing to go deeper. Thank you, Lord, that when we make that choice that you help us, that you help us to address things that we need to address in our lives. You help us to dig deeper. You help us to become good soil, good soil that produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. Lord, I pray that this message tonight would be sealed deeply in our hearts and would mark us 
as we move forward in the days to come that we'll look back on this moment and say, this was the moment that I turned a corner in my spiritual life. Thank you, Lord, for the work you're going to do in us. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash new beginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.